Hey friend, welcome back to the Love Your Bible Podcast. Hey, it is February, so you've gone through a whole month in 2022, and I hope that some of those Bible reading habits that we've been trying to build, hey, maybe they're sticking, and maybe it's February and you're like, yeah, all those New Year's plans, I haven't done any of them, I haven't read my Bible, I started well, and then it, uh, yeah, it all kind of crashed and burned. Hey, guess what? It's February 3rd. And nobody pressures you to go through a reading plan on February 3rd, right? Like you don't hear much, hey, it's February 3rd. Have you thought about your New Year's resolutions? So maybe if you've gone off track or you never even got on track, what about today saying, hey, February, this is the day, this is the month where I'm going to develop the habit of reading my Bible, praying my Bible, memorizing my Bible, maybe studying my Bible. Like, why not make this month to be one you start developing some spiritual habits? So I just want to encourage you, um, maybe if you want to read a chapter a day, maybe just a verse a day, start small, keep growing, uh, because, man, the point of this podcast is to help you love your Bible, because when you love your Bible, You'll love God, serve people, and live a life that matters. Hey, I want to take a couple of weeks and look at a really, really good passage of Scripture. Of course, they're all good, but this one has been um, really helpful in my life. It's Luke chapter 15, and it's where Jesus, I think, masterfully puts the gospel out for us to see. So it's found in the gospels, Luke 15, and it's called the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son. You've probably heard that. Maybe you've walked through it before, um, but we're going to see it maybe in a different light. And I want to just call attention to Timothy Keller's book, The Prodigal God, one of my favorite books of all times. It's brilliant. I love it. A lot of what I'm going to say has to come from his perspective of what this parable is really about. So just uh, giving him some credit on there. So So Luke 15, Jesus is going to really tell a story about not a younger son, but really about two sons, a younger son, an older son, and a father. And what we're going to see in this parable, we're going to see God represents this father, and we're going to see how he reacts uh, to two different types of people. We're going to see there's going to be a younger son who's going to actually represent the tax collectors and the sinners. And we're going to see this older son who's going to represent the Pharisees and the scribes, those who would be religious, self-righteous. And we're going to see that God's heart actually goes out to both of them. And we're going to see that salvation, it's not about being good or not being bad, but it's actually about repenting and coming to the Lord by faith. So hopefully it's going to be a really fascinating uh, few weeks in this text. So I want to read, just to set up the parable, uh, we've got to see the situation that's happening. So Luke 15, verse 1 says this, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, that's Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man received sinners and eats with them. So here's kind of the context. Jesus, okay, who's who's God in the flesh. So God comes to the planet. Who would you expect God to hang out with? Well, church people, good people, right? Those who know the law, know the rules. That's not who Jesus hangs out with. He's hanging out with tax collectors and sinners because sinners and tax collectors, they find Jesus appealing. They're coming to Jesus 
and it really perturbs the religious elite. So the Pharisees and the scribes, they're grumbling. They're like, how can this guy eat with sinners? Doesn't he know these people? So that's the context where Jesus tells three parables. The first one's about a lost coin, or I'm sorry, the second one's about a lost coin. The first one's about lost sheep. And basically the point of those are, hey, when things are lost, you rejoice when they're found. And that's what Jesus is going to really drive home in this third parable, which our Bibles call the parable of the prodigal son. But really, that's not a good uh, title. It should be the parable of the two sons, because really, it's about two sons. And we're going to see why that's the case. So as you listen to this, we're going to think about the older son as the scribes and the Pharisees and the younger son as the tax collectors and the sinners. And today we're going to deal with the younger son the son who rebels, the son who runs away. And then next week, we're going to come back and talk about the older son, the son who stays, the son who is good, the son who obeys. And we're going to see how Jesus does it so beautifully, how he builds this tension really to say both of these sons need the same thing. They both need to repent and they're both wrong. And the only way back to the kingdom is is through repentance. So as you're listening, you're probably going to find yourself in one of these two situations. You match one of these more. You're either a younger son who runs away from the gospel, runs away from Jesus, does your own thing in a far country, and you find yourself, well, you're a sinner. What do you need to do? You need to repent. But for others of us, we find ourselves as that self-righteous. We've always been in church. We've always done good. We've been like top of the class. Mama's always been proud of us. What do we need to do? We also need to repent because whether you're rebellious or righteous, you need to repent. And that's what the gospel proclaims to us. So let's see how Jesus does this in the parable of the two sons. So verse 11 says this, and he said, so just telling a story. Remember, he's telling a story because the scribes and the Pharisees are grumbling because tax collectors and sinners are coming to Jesus. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Now we, of course, just reading that as like a Western, you're probably an American, maybe you're a Nicaragua listening to this podcast, whatever you are, You hear that and you think, man, that's really bad. But if you put yourself in the shoes of the listeners, this is really bad because this younger son would have got his father's inheritance when, when his father died. So what he's really saying to his father is, "Um, dad, let's just pretend that you're dead. Okay. And if you were dead, I would get my inheritance. So let's just pretend you've already died. We've already had the funeral. I don't care about you. I don't love you. I just want your stuff. That's really what this younger son is saying to the father. So you can imagine how insulting this is for a younger son to ask a father for the inheritance that is coming to him when his father dies. And so the father listens. The father does it. He divides the property between them. So more than likely what would happen, the younger son would get a third and the older son would get two thirds. So in order to actually make this happen, the father would have to sell off property, sell off sheep, sell off livestock. So this isn't like he's just writing him a check. 
No, they're selling part of the family farm to give to this younger son. So now the younger son has the inheritance that he would have got when his father died. He doesn't love the father. He doesn't care about the father. He just wants the father's stuff. Verse 13 says this. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. So here we see in the heart of this younger son, it says he took a journey into a far country. And that's really what the, the, the life of the tax collectors and the sinners, they're they're living life in a far country. They are apart from God. They are doing their own thing. And that's what we live like if we're the rebellious younger son. We love the far country. It's this place that's away from the presence of God, doing what we want. I mean, you got like this Vegas lifestyle, right? And he squanders all of his property in reckless living. So all that the father owned, that the father gave to the son, the inheritance, now he goes into a far country and he squanders all of his property, just doing whatever he wants. He's just living it up, partying. You can just imagine the scene. You can imagine the things he's doing. He is in no way living the life that his father would have him to live. Verse 14 says this, And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So the younger son, his lifestyle doesn't work out. Like life in the far country, doing whatever he wants, it doesn't ultimately fulfill him. In fact, he soon spends everything. And the moment he spends everything, there's also a severe famine that arises in that country. So he's broke and the whole country is really in bad shape. And this son is in need. And of course, at home, his father would have taken care of all of his needs. But now he's in a far country, he's disconnected from his father. So He's needy and he has no way to meet his needs. So verse 15 says this. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. Now we kind of see that as like, okay, he had to take a bad job. This was not a bad job. Jesus is telling this to Jewish people. Pigs are one of those unclean animals. So this is one of those moments where this son who's wrecked his life now is in a place of utter humiliation. He is in Gentile country feeding pigs. He is far from the presence of his father. And the point is he's far from the presence of God who is represented by the father in this parable. Verse 16, and he longed to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. So now his longing, he just wants food. He just wants to be satisfied. And, and, and his debased hunger is leading him to want something that's forbidden. This pig food is what he wants. So this, this kid, he is just at a bad spot. And maybe you're listening to this podcast right now because somebody shared this with you. And maybe this is you right now. Like you're in the far country. Maybe you're a college student and you have sort of a secret life where you're partying up, you're living it up and it's not working. It's not satisfying you. You're not full. Maybe you're, maybe you're a dad who's married with kids and you're still sort of in that secret far place trying to find fulfillment in something and it's just not working. Wherever you are, if you're in the far country, you're in the wrong place and it's not going to work. And that's what this younger son found out. Verse 17 says, when he came to himself, now it's an important little line. 
That would be a expression that would have been used among the Hebrew people that he came to himself. It means he repented. He started seeing things God's way. He's coming to him right self. He's repenting of wrong thinking. You know what? It's better to be a servant in my father's house than where I am now. I just want to go back. I want to be somewhere near my father because it's so much better there. He knows he can't be a son anymore because he's wrecked his his inheritance. He's dishonored the family. So he's going to go back and he's just going to be a hired hand for his dad. So he's going back to his father's house. Now, can you imagine the, the shame that this younger son feels? I mean, he left with all of his father's stuff. And now he's walking back broke because he wasted it on women and booze. And you can imagine what else. Like he has just lost everything. And then it says this, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Now, this would have sent the scribes and the Pharisees off the rails because The father should have, when he saw this son coming back, he should have banished him. He should have gave him justice. He should have got angry at him. But instead, this father, who is a wealthy man, he runs, which fathers who are wealthy don't run. Their servants run. Their kids run. Fathers are dignified. They don't run in this manner. But Jesus is showing that this father is acting in a way that is surprising because he feels compassion. He's embracing his son. He is kissing his son. He is doing the most unexpected thing. He is a God who's merciful and gracious and slow to anger, but abounding in steadfast love. This is the heart of who God is shown by this father. Verse 21, and the son said to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So he starts his confession. He starts his uh, self plan to get back into the father's good graces. Remember, he's going to work. He's going to he's going to be a servant. But the father cuts him off. Verse twenty two. But the father said to his servants, "Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let it let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to celebrate." So this rebellious son who squandered everything, he's coming back home prepared to tell the father how he's going to earn his way back into the family. He's going to earn his way back in through becoming a servant and getting paid just an hourly wage. But as he's telling his father how he's going to make it back, the father cuts him off and brings him the best robe. Now, who has the best robe? The father has the best robe. So the father gives him his own robe. And not only that, but he puts it on him and he puts a ring on his hand. That would signify this ring that you're not a servant. You are a son. You have authority. You are back one of my sons who has an inheritance that is coming to you. He puts shoes on his feet, which again is signifying sonship, not servanthood. And not only that, but he brings the fatted calf and he kills it. So the fatted calf, this is something that would have been kept for a a party, a celebration, a big feast, a big celebration. They're celebrating over a son who has squandered all the property, cost the father greatly. As he's returning, what are they doing? They're celebrating. 
Why would the father throw a party because the rebellious son came home? Why doesn't he give him justice? Why doesn't he give him wrath? Why doesn't he cast him out? Why doesn't he make him repay all that he has? Because here Jesus shows us the gospel. God's heart towards sinners is compassion and mercy and grace. God loves sinners who repent. That's the beauty of this parable in this younger son. If you're a sinner who's in the far country, wandering away from God, wondering if you turn back to him, what will happen? What will he think? What will he do? He'll do that. He'll bring the best robe and put it on you and put a ring on your finger and shoes on your feet. And he will say, because of the blood of Christ, you are not a servant. You are a son. He will love you because that's who God is. He is a God, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That's who he is. Jesus is trying to get these religious leaders to see who God is. Verse 24, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. See, God rejoices when lost people are found. God rejoices when lost people come home, when sinners repent, when the rebellious turn back to God, there is rejoicing in heaven. The two parables before this of the lost coin and the lost sheep teaches us that the heavens rejoice over one sinner who repents. See, we see in this parable this reality that there is no one that is too far from God. This younger son, he took all the inheritance, he wasted his life, he squandered it all away, he became autonomous, he wanted to do his own thing, and he wrecked his life in a far country, far away from his father, far away from God. So what do you do when you're far away from God? What do you do when your life hasn't worked out? What do you do when you realize you're in need and you can't fulfill your own needs? What do you do when you reach the bottom? You don't pick your head up and try harder. No, you turn around. You realize that you have a God who loves you. You have a heavenly father who is compassionate towards you. And because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, his son, God forgives sinners who repent and he brings them back into the family. You get to be back in the kingdom. And when sinners repent, there is a party in heaven. There is a feast that takes place because God loves sinners who return back to him. So here we see in this parable that no one is too far from God, that you have not wandered too far away. You're not in too far of a country. You're not too entrapped in sin. You haven't done too many things that God can't forgive you. This son did everything wrong. He is the picture of a person who should not receive grace. But what's Jesus saying? The moment he started back home, God didn't even wait for him to get to him. Instead, the father ran after him. That God, his disposition towards sinners is to give them love when they repent. That is good news. That is the good news of the gospel. So if you are still in the far country, if you are still living in sin and it's not working out, what should you do? You should come to yourself. That's that phrase of repent. Turn from yourself and turn to God. 
And what's God going to do when you turn to him? He's going to meet you with grace, mercy, and love, because that is what the gospel says. Hey, friends, I hope that you've enjoyed this first part of this parable of the two sons. Hey, it is true that tax collectors and sinners, those are the people who wreck their life. They're away from God. They're with Jesus now. Why? Because they've come to themselves. They've realized they want life with God, not apart from God. And Jesus is welcoming them into the kingdom. But there's a group of people who are grumbling. It's the scribes and the Pharisees. They're the religious people. They're the ones that have always obeyed the rules. They've done all things right. And next week, we're going to look at Jesus, who's going to point to them in telling what the older son does in this parable. But for today, if you're a younger son, or if you know a younger son, if you've been rebellious or you know somebody who is rebellious, tell them the sweet gospel. The gospel is when sinners repent, they are met with the love of God because that's what Jesus does. He loves sinners who repent. Hey, I hope you join us next week on the Love Your Bible podcast as we finish out the second half of the parable of the two sons and look at not the rebellious, but the righteous. And we're going to be surprised to find that the righteous, they actually need to do the same thing. They need to repent, not of their rebellion, but of their righteousness. So join us next Thursday as we look at the Love Your Bible podcast. Hey, I hope today just looking at the gospel, looking at this text of scripture has made you love your Bible more because when you love your Bible more, you will love God, serve people, and live a life that matters. Yeah.